Welcome to the Building a Mumpire podcast. This is for all my fellow mums out there that are not only holding down the home front, but also building their own fucking empire. Now, unlike other podcasts in this space, Building a Mumpire podcast is all about keeping it real when it comes to what it is actually like being a mum and trying to build something for yourself. In this podcast, I will talk to mums at various stages of both motherhood and business life. We are going to discuss the ups, the downs, the laughs, the tears, and look, let's be honest, sometimes they're just fucked up things that we have to deal with. Building a Mumpire podcast is for the mums out there that need a reminder sometimes that they aren't alone, but are actually a part of one kick-ass community of superhero women. So let's get started. On today's episode of Building a Mumpire podcast, we are going to be joined by Carly, the founder of Socially Graceful. Now, this woman is so fucking passionate about helping business owners nail their social media and their email marketing. Not only is she all about writing strategies, but she's also about implementing them into their business. Carly has been around in the digital space since 2008, and she fucking knows what she is talking about. As a digital strategist, she has a no cookie cutter approach to your business. I am so excited to welcome her to the Building a Mumpire podcast, and I cannot wait to hear more about her amazing journey in not only being a mum, but building her own epic mumpire. Alrighty. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome, 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 Carly, to the Mumbition podcast. It is so lovely to have you here. Um, I always start off my episodes asking my guests this question because I feel like it's really important. I would love for you to tell me a little bit about yourself, but you cannot say that you're a mum and you cannot say that you're a business owner. Go for it. Oh, Leah, why would you start with this? Because <laughs> it's a fucking hard one. That's why I start with this one. Oh, hey, I'm Carly. I am I am obsessed with Nutella, which we all know, and Ben and Jerry's ice cream because it's the best. But they don't make Chunky Monkey apparently over here anymore, so whatevs. I'm not salty <laughs> or anything. Um, a little bit about me. I am, okay, I'm a Leo, and I definitely suit my astrology signs, like, down to the T. I am definitely that, like, stubborn, loud, all the attention must be on me at all times type person. Um, not you, which, never. No. Um, I definitely am an introvert at times too, though. But, like, I definitely am, like, that person that, like, takes up space and does so with such ease is just what I'm all about. Um, I love writing. Writing has always been something that I've loved to do. And uh, what else is there to know about me? Oh, I'm a little oh, bit obsessed with shopping. Oh, yes. Yep. Shopping's like a favorite pastime of mine. <gasps> Something that always like mind blows people. Like I I always I always tell this one that I'm always like, oh, everyone already knows it now. But like I, obviously I can touch my nose with my tongue, which is like a party trick that I have. Um <laughs> love that. But I used to run and like if <laughs> like on I, purpose? Like on purpose. Oh. Like nothing was chasing you. Like you weren't preparing for a zombie apocalypse or like you were one of those doomsday preppers. You just enjoyed running. I enjoyed running and I used to run. I'm so sorry, everybody. We're going to have to actually cut this episode short. I do not feel like this is going to go any further. (laughs) Uh, This is is obviously. 
this was this was Carly in Sydney, and I used to live in Glebe, so I used to actually run along Blackwattle Bay. So I don't know if you have if you have any listeners down in Sydney, they will know exactly where I'm talking about. And I used to run basically straight past Anzac Bridge, and at certain like a certain point along Blackwattle Bay, you can actually see the Harbour Bridge. Um, and I would actually watch the sun rising over it. So I would actually start my run at like 5, 5.30 in the morning. Oh, my God, it's getting worse, Carly. <laughs> and I'd be getting them back as the sun was rising. It was fantastic. I loved it. I still remember going for a run one long weekend and there were people downstairs because in Glee we actually lived right next to um, near a pub. Um, and there were people that were sitting out the front on our mailboxes. Like, I think, pretty sure they lived there. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm in my run gear and I'm like putting my headphones in as I'm like running down the stairs, like ready to go. And they're like, they looked at me and I was like, just because it's a public holiday doesn't mean I don't run. <laughs> but anyway, so I used to run. I used to run wow. 5Ks. I used to do it three times a week, sometimes four. Wow, you really did work. love running. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe I never knew this about you. I mean, I do feel like it would have altered our friendship if I'd found out this information a little bit sooner. So it's probably a better thing that I didn't, but that's I don't, okay. I don't run anymore. I, it's actually funny when you're like, no one was chasing you. Like <laughs> hubby and I looked out the house, um, out of the window of the house the other day. And there was someone running and I was like, are you okay? Like pretending like the, you should yell out and be like, are you okay? Is someone chasing you? Do we need to come help? <laughs> and he was like, too funny. But I, I did used to run. I would love to get back into it. It is something that I've tried over the years since. Yeah. Like, so that was back in, it was a while ago. Like it's, oh fuck, it was like 10 years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago, I was a runner. Okay, so do I, can I actually call myself a runner? No. I think you can. Not. No, I still think you can. I was a runner. Let's say I was a runner. Okay. I was a runner. But, I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a hard question though, isn't it? To it like, is. describe yourself without being a mum or a business owner. Like you have to think really hard about what that answer is. Yeah. Like and I could eat. It's not easy. I could easily go into like past life Carly where I was like, yeah. I used to be an early childhood teacher um, and I used to run and direct childcare centres, but that's still work-related. 100%. 100%. So sometimes I think it's nice to kind of like go, fuck, who am I? What do I actually like doing? And you still like to run. I mean, that worries me, but I'm, I'm I like sure the idea of it. I think yeah. I like the idea of it. I used to, I, it was really funny. I used to listen to Katy Perry's Dark Horse. It has like yes. such a fucking good beat to it. It does. And that would be how I'd finish off my run all the time. Mm. Like, so I actually had like a set playlist and okay. that would be the last song that I would listen to because it would just give me the right amount of pep right yeah. as she hit like the chorus. It was fantastic. Anyway, whatever. I do love that song. I do love that song. So one of my other questions that we'll jump straight into, because you know, I'm a planner. So I have all these questions planned out is what was the biggest reason that you decided to start your own business and kind of stop being an employee? What was that catalyst moment for you? So without like going down like too much of the top thickness, <laughs> I like calling people out, even though like yeah. I would happily do so. Um, <laughs> I think I got to a point where 
I knew I was just a number in like the system. Mm. So working in childcare, you're irreplaceable, like not irreplaceable. You are replaceable. Oh my God. I can speak. I promise you're (laughs) replaceable. Like it, you, you call in sick and you're met with, okay, without fail. Like Mm -hmm. I fall down like TikTok, um, like reenactments and skits and stuff where literally the person is the exact same on the skit. And I'm like, it's so bad that almost every Mm. single director within early childhood reacts almost the same way to the point where I was dropping my son off to daycare and the two I see was sitting behind the desk (laughs) and it it triggered me because she answered the phone and she was so unimpressed in her tone, which Mm. you already know I have issues with this one anyway. Yes. Um, But like... (laughs) That's a whole other episode. Whatever. She's answered the phone and she's like, oh, you know you're meant to give more than like an hour's notice. And I was like, dude, she's, at least she's given you an hour. Yeah. She might have just woken up. Like it is eight o'clock in the morning. Not everyone's an early riser. Yeah. I get that. Anyway, and then she's like, well, you'll have to let me know what you're doing tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, it is literally, like, ingrained in people. Mm -hmm. See, whereas when I was a director, I would literally answer the phone and be like, hey, no worries. Um, Like, if there were early shift and I had to drop Scarlett off to school first, I'd be like, no worries. Like, can you just stay there for, like, 10 minutes until I drop Scarlett off and I'll be there. I'll be right there and you can go home. If they were, like, not the early shift, Mm-hmm. Then I'd be like, hey, no worries. Just let me know by three o'clock what you want to do tomorrow if you need another day or blah, blah, blah. Feel better. Yeah. And I was like, don't call, just text. Like, you don't need to call yeah. me. Yeah. Just text me. Or if they were sick the night before and they, like, started getting sick the night before, I'm like, just text me. Like, you don't need to call me. Like, I'm not mm. – I don't need to hear it in your voice. I don't need you to I put know. on a, a drama enactment. And Anyway, so I think for me it became that sort of tipping point where I was – I was just an employee. I was Mm. replaceable and there were things that had happened, particularly at the center I was at where certain things that I had made comments on Mm. were then being passed off as their own work. And I was just Ah, like, I'm so done with this. I'm so done with this. I'm like, I'd only just returned from maternity leave. The culture was absolutely shit. Mm. Um, my business, like I was working as a VA and admittedly I was only doing it as a side hustle to begin with, but then like all of that shit happened, like the culture had turned to shit. I was just over how the director was treating people. Like, so I was in like an, um, the assistant manager role, mm-hmm. um, and talking and whinging about other people behind their back. Like I'm all for gossip. Like I'm a gossip person, um, which most people probably wouldn't, wouldn't admit to, but I definitely am a gossip person. I love a good dose of like, oh my God, did you hear? Um, <laughs> I just can't help myself, but like not about staff. Like you shouldn't be talking yeah. about that way about staff that you have in your center that you're meant to be nurturing and supporting. And 100%. I just think it just got to the point where for me, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. be away from my children. And not only that, like having to ask for time off was always yeah. so hard. Yeah. Cause it's always like, Oh, well, I don't think you can have that time off or it doesn't mm. fit in with the schedule. Like I got, I got over having to ask for time off and the other role, I would have probably actually happily kept my other role. It was just that 
the other role and the time needed spent in at TAFE New South Wales just was just becoming so enormous. Yeah. And I couldn't juggle it anymore. So yeah. yeah. Just juggle is time. I was wanting to be with my kids and I'm wanting to actually feel like a fucking valued employee for once. Yeah. And it's interesting. I feel like a common thread with some of the women that I've already spoken to um, is that feeling like you need to request to have time off. Um, like I know any full-time job that I've ever had, those 10 sick days that you get allocated, if you're not a parent, oh my God, you can use those sick days wherever you like. But I know guaranteed I will never be able to use one of those for myself. Like those were like, okay, cool. Those are Charlie's sick days. And when he gets sick and I need to be home, I will allocate one of those. And God forbid he was sick for more than 10 days in a year, which if you have children, it's pretty fucking likely that it's going to happen, right? Like it's just the way it is. So that constant need to be like, um, and I always find myself apologizing. I'm so sorry. My son is sick. Can I please have a day off? And it's like, why the fuck should I have to apologize for my son being sick, for being a human and having an illness? (laughs) It's actually so funny that you say that because I would say in the last, so I went back in May and I resigned in the September. So in the last, like, I would say when I'd made my mind up in like January, in January, in July, that it was going to happen. When my son, like when Hugh, because Hugh got quite sick in his first year of life with croup. Thanks, croup. I got to the point where I was like, hey, Hugh's unwell. I'm not going to come in. Thanks so much for understanding. So I didn't give the option anymore. Love that. To be like, I, I, I removed the, because normally I'd be like, is that okay? Yes. Like is that still okay? seeking permission. So I was like, no, like I have to take the day. Like, fuck, like I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. I can't come in. It's not going to happen. And I would just end it with like, thanks for understanding. And that's when I knew that I was done. Yes. Because I was like, if I'm I'm at that point now, but I also, and I don't know if this is an age thing because I'm going to show my age here, but like I think as millennials, it's always been like ingrained in us to mm. ask permission and yeah. to almost apologize for existing. Yes. Oh, my God. It so fucking has. Whereas like I look at the educators like the staff that were younger than me they when they would call in sick sorry like they would literally just be like blah 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 like I'm not coming in I'm unwell and they'd be like no and I'll call you tomorrow and let you know they wouldn't apologize and I was like I need more of that 100% so I did more of that but yeah so I was like, I was really impressed at like my, my skills at the very end, but yeah. <laughs> but, but it's a shame that we have to kind of wait till we get to that point of like, yeah. I've had enough before we kind of put that foot down and make that line in the sand. It's <laughs> interesting that we do that, especially, I don't think just as women, but especially as mums, like as mums, we wait until there's kind of like no more tipping point And then we go, fuck it. This is it. Like, this is what I'm doing. And you don't like it. Tough fucking bickies. Definitely. Um, and I think it's a lot easier for us to make those decisions as a business owner. Like I know, for example, we were meant to record this episode what, last week yeah. and he was sick. Yeah, like, I literally like boxed you as I was like <laughs> running out the house and I'm like, I've got to go pick up Hugh. He's sick again. He's got a fucking temperature. 
<laughs> and I'm like, that is mum life. Like, that is the epitome of why I'm making this podcast. It's like, that is what we as mums have to deal with. And I think it makes it so much, it makes it easier to deal with. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still hard yeah. as a business owner to juggle sick kids and client work and all that kind of stuff. But there is, but there is an element of it being easier when you have your own business and you can make those snap decisions and be like, no, I've got to go and get my kid and this is what I need to do. Yeah. Like I'm cancelling so all easier. the I'm cancelling all appointments for the rest of the day. Like yeah. I think I called you, I called someone else, I cancelled like all my Wednesday appointments last week. Yeah. Like I just I just cancelled everything. Yeah. And everyone was like, no worries. And I think that's the bonus of working with other people mm. who are mums, because they do get yes. it. They fucking get it. Like at they no point did I message you back and go, Oh my god, this is like such an inconvenience. I was like, dude, no, like fucking fine like if anything it's called building a mumpire for a reason like i know but in my head i'm like when people had to cancel on me i'm like sweet another hour to get more work done (laughs) or i'm like oh maybe i should like go and watch like an episode of you (laughs) yeah i've got an hour free fill it with all this other things and i was like oh i've got all this extra time now what can i do Um, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. We're here. We made it. So I love that. I love that. Now you can let our audience know how long you've been in business for, because I would love to know the whole time that you've been in business, what would you say your biggest achievement has been so far? So, so officially as socially graceful, it's since Mm -hmm. March, 2020. So we're officially ticked over three years now. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. In terms of being in the digital space, though, and working, I would say I've actually been doing this since 2008, 2009. You bloody legend. So I've actually been, I like, I used to know how to code. I used to know how to, like, I used to be a blogger. Um, I used to run Fat Mum Slim's photo a day back when Luella was born. Luella, I'm pretty sure, is bloody nine now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what? That still blows my mind. But anyway, we're not going too far into that. Um, But like I, and I ran, like I've always done some aspect of like blogging or email marketing or community management on Instagram or something like that over the years, which is just like amazing. Yeah. But on top of that, (laughs) on top of that, like I've obviously had Socially Graceful for the last three years. So what would be my biggest achievement? I know. It's sometimes it's a hard one. Biggest achievement. I guess. Oh, see, part of me's like, do I want to go revenue based or do I want to go like overall? I think I think the biggest achievement is just what I've created and how yeah. quickly I grew. Because I went from it being a VA business and doing like fucking everything. to doing (laughs) like literally everything like I had my hand in so many different things like Mm. and it I guess at the end of the day I'm I guess that's where I'm lucky like I'm that type of person that sort of can get in and can do multiple different things and I just excel at them not trying to sound out myself at all I'm a projector at heart so just an (laughs) FYI for you all Um, I'm a 5'2 spleeny projector just if you're into HG which is why I think I just like get things and things yeah. just are naturally and easy for me to do. 
Yeah. But then I started noticing that I loved strategy. And I think that comes from my early childhood background where I sort of, I would do that on a daily basis. Like I would watch the children, I'd plan the plan, implement the plan, analyze the plan, observe the children. Like that is the planning cycle that you do in early childhood or even as a teacher, I'm loosely (laughs) loosely they don't do it as in depth but hey I'm not being I'm not bashing teachers like are they doing an amazing job but I'm just saying we do a little bit more in depth in early childhood yeah but like I agree I think that's where the strategy it just became this thing that I was like oh my god Mm. I can actually do this with marketing yeah and I was like and everyone's like oh do you have a marketing degree and I was like no but like I just get it and I know what I need to do. I know what I need to implement. And don't get me wrong, I have definitely upskilled over the years, like with the digital Mm. picnic and professional babe um, and like word fed your words and all those sort of things. Like, so I've definitely um, like increased and upskilled. Yeah. But I think that's probably the biggest achievement, just everything I've created and then becoming, getting to this point where I was happy to niche down and Mm. yeah, like, earning $26,000 in February last year, like, that's, that's fucking crazy. insane. I love that. Admittedly, that's not that's that's revenue, not profit, just an FYI for everyone that's <laughs> listening. That was not all in my pocket. Again, a whole different other episode we could talk about all that, right? <laughs> but, like, I, I would say that's, that's probably the biggest thing, like how quickly I grew, mm. how I can get on a call with someone and – they instantly fall in love with me, which again, I I just I think it's just my personality. It is. But I can also talk about everything that I want to do for their business and I become yeah. equally as passionate about their business as what they are. And I think yeah. my clients love that. And having that buy-in with the clients that you work with, I think is so huge. And when people can feel that energy and feel that buy-in, they know that you're the person they want to work with. And I've seen that. Like we worked together for a period of time there and any time that I was like, I was kicking your ass basically, but any time I was kicking your ass on certain things and it was client related, it was never like this client. It was us as a client or we have done. It was like there was so much buy-in from you to work like with your client, not just beside them, um, which I think is a huge testament to yeah. what you've been able to achieve and what you've been able to create. So you should exactly. be fucking proud of yourself because some people can't do that. So congratulations. I know. And, and like I will, it's funny because so many people like, um, well, not so many people, but like yeah. <laughs> Peter always <laughs> says to me, she's like, you're like the Harvey Specter. I don't know if you know Suits references, yeah. but like she's I mean, like. I mean, if you don't watch like- Suits, you can't listen to this podcast. Um, (laughs) but she's like you're the Harvey Specter of closing and I was like I think what it is is that I get on a call Mm. and I ask the questions about their business the way I can get an understanding about their business because their business is their baby and that's what I used to have to do in early childhood I used to have to make those mums and dads when they were dropping their children off for the very first time, particularly like Mm -hmm. first time mums and dads, they were stressed. They were concerned and they're about to hand their precious baby to someone who they have no idea who they are. Yeah. And I used to have to make them feel confident in me back Mm -hmm. when I was like in my early 20s. Like who would their right mind would leave a baby with a 20 year old? (laughs) 
like now I think how young were these women that I was leaving my child with for like six to eight hours a day same like I in my I was like 19 when I first started working in long daycare yeah what the hell I'm not responsible Anyway, but I, I, I let that. them know I was responsible and, like, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. And at the end and of the, the day. That you've been able to, like, transfer that across yeah. your business, I think, is huge. And yep. such, such a great way to be able to go anything that you do in one job realistically yep. is transferable to running your own business. Like, always thought that that I was know. a possibility. So I, think I know. That's amazing. All the time. People, like. Um, what what do you reckon I can do with these skills? Like I see these the posts all the time in Facebook yes. groups, and I'm like, oh, you could do X, Y, and Z, and this, and this, and this, <laughs> and, that, and, and they're that. like, I didn't think about those things, or like even being a mum. Like how many? Like I don't know if you've seen like all of those memes and stuff where like yeah, where like the where the manager, like the project mm-hmm. manager, where the the EA, like mm-hmm. the cook, the first aider, like logistics so, coordinator, like <laughs> like there are so many different jobs that we essentially do as a mum on a daily yeah. basis. Mm. But yeah, anyway, whatever. Again, I'll probably special. rant about that. And we are fucking special. I'll rant about that in another episode. Um, <laughs> so now we've gone through and we've spoken ever so heavily about these achievements that you've had in your business. I would love to know the opposite side of that. What has been your biggest challenge with being a mum and having a business? So if you, it's so funny that you say this, because if you had asked this back when I was working in long daycare, Mm. I, being a director, I remember like the building had caught on fire. So it was a pretty emergency based situation. Um, But I like pretty much spent 12 hours at the center that day and no one ever works 12 hours, like the full 12 hours at a center. Yeah. And, um, I remember getting home and getting Scarlett in the car and I just burst out crying. I was so mm. exhausted and I felt like I had failed her. I felt like I had yeah. left her for far too long with people that she didn't need to be with. And admittedly, like, what was that? Like that was 2017. So she would have been three. She wouldn't have, I don't think she would even remember it if I no. asked her. <laughs> but one of the biggest things and the biggest challenges that I've found since starting Socially Graceful is balancing it, is just mm. balancing it at, in every aspect. Like my son does get sick. My, my daughter, yeah. not so much. My son gets sick though. Yeah. And like I would say probably at least once or twice a month he is sick. And it does yeah. mean that I have to send that stupid email out to everyone saying, hey, just an FYI, he's unwell. And look, my clients are probably over it. They're probably like, far out. This kid is always sick. He is. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I should get a new one. I feel like I need a yeah, refund. Gonna, yeah, refund. Get a new one. <laughs> he's not meeting his terms and conditions. Um, but anyway, like I think that's probably the biggest thing. It comes down to balance, like making sure that I'm still meeting like client deadlines as well as yeah. maybe the deadlines that I set for myself, the imaginary ones, mm. as well as still being there for the kids. Like I also found like I sort of had a bit of a brainwave and um, I actually discussed this on one of my most recent podcasts but that I did with someone else. Um, she's actually writing a book about it at the moment and 
I had this com- I had this like brainwave only recently. I would say in the last two months, so like early Feb, I was yep. like, I started this business because I wanted to be there and have more time with my kids. Mm. But yet I'm currently like working all the fucking time. Yeah. I was like, what? Why did mm. I do this? I'm like, I, I don't understand. And like, I almost like had that realization that what I've actually created at this point in time isn't how I want it to look. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. It's that yeah. awareness of going. Exactly. This is not what I had wanted to create. And now that I'm aware of that, what can I do to change it? And so just accepting that, well, this is just the way that it is now. Because in a job, that's what you have to do, right? Exactly. Or you quit and you'd find another job. Yeah. So, yeah. So now I'm like, I don't want as many retainer clients. I want more project-based work. And the retainer clients that I do bring on, I want them to be really, really aligned with me and what I do Mm. and really value what I do, not just – me being a person who can come in and do X, Y, and Z in their business, I want them to actually love me as much as I love working for them. Yeah. Like I'm totally lovable, but like, (laughs) (laughs) like I actually want that like reciprocated relationship. Like I don't want it to just be, oh, Carly, here's the work. I need you to do it. It's, hey, what are you up to this weekend? Like blah, blah, blah. Like actually a conversation going on. But yeah, that would, that's probably my biggest one. And coming to that realization, and I know it's only been recent and, Mm. but yeah, I just, I sort of, it sort of hit me. I was like, why the hell am I working all the time? Yeah. This isn't what I signed up for. Mm. I didn't, I don't want to work 60 hours because. I want to earn all this money. I want to earn all this money, but I don't want to work all those hours. But then I'm also like, is there a point in earning that money if I can't actually enjoy it with the kids? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. Very interesting. One of my new brainwaves. (laughs) (laughs) I love a brainwave. You know I love a brainwave. Um, And the last question we'll finish on today is, what are three lessons that you've learnt along this shit show of a journey that we call <laughs> mum life and building your mum power? Oh, three lessons. Yeah. The first one would probably be it's not as urgent as I think. Ooh. So getting that thing done isn't probably as urgent as I'm making it out to be in my head. I'm probably making it out to be a lot more important and a lot more like must be done now yeah. rather than can wait. Um, That's probably the biggest one. The other one I would say is you can't juggle kids at home while you're trying to work. You fucking can't. And anybody who says that you can clearly drugs their children and puts them in a cupboard. I think think like – I think homeschooling taught me that <laughs> when oh. we were forced into homeschooling. That was not a fun time. Not a fun it's time. Not a and, for many of us. <laughs> and I think the other one is actually scheduling breaks. So obviously yeah. I've got an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. So the eight-year-old is home very, very soon from school for two weeks, yeah. thanks to school holidays. Yeah. Um, and those school, hol- school holidays happen every 10 weeks without fail. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> they always get them. Like, what the hell? 
Um, but like, so one of the things that I actually sat down and did in December was I actually planned out all the holidays that I wanted to be able to spend with Scarlett and like really like blocked out time in my calendar or if like an anniversary was coming up or something like that, like actually blocking out the whole day. And then what I actually did was I actually went through and put it straight into my Outlook calendar. So then that way, if I'm looking at it from like that type of perspective, that day is essentially blocked out and I know not to book anything. Yeah, love that. But, yeah, they probably made three things. That's so good. And I think those three are so important when it comes to running your own business because you get to dictate what that looks like. And none of us are fucking perfect. And, you know, we're going to slip up and we're going to have things that we think are urgent that aren't urgent. We're going to not put in that time in our calendar. You know, there's going to be all of those things that are going to happen. But as business owners, we get to check ourselves and go, wait a minute. No, I get to make this change. I get to figure out whatever the fuck that I want to do. And I can rebuild it. Um, And that's something that I'm slowly starting to learn as well. Like I got to a point very similar to you with like, you didn't want to work so much. I was like, I'm starting to treat this like a job. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't a job. This is my business. Like I get to choose to do this. So it's nice to be able to have that awareness piece come in every now and then. So yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing those. That's fine. No worries. (laughs) So before we sign off, um, I would love to open up the floor for you to officially introduce your business, what it is that you do, how you help women and how people can work with you and how can they contact you? Okay. So I am Carly. I am a social media and email marketing strategist, aka a digital strategist. However, I find people often get like confused by that term. Um, I am the, the brains behind Socially Graceful. So I have been in business, as you all know, for three years now. Um, and I predominantly work with female-owned businesses. I definitely have a male in there, to, or one or two of them. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, I work with females. Um, and on top of that, I work with either, I work with actually both service-based and e-commerce-based. I don't like tell you you can't work with me because you're not a product-based business or I don't tell you you can't work with me because you only do services. <laughs> Whatever. I'm all about helping everyone. Um, I'm definitely all about the vibe though. So if your vibe is not my vibe, we're not working together. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of working with me at this point in time, the easiest way to work with me is to start off with like a project or something and then we can always see if we're the right fit and then go from there. So that is definitely something that is available. At this point in time, more than likely when this podcast does go live, I don't have any availability. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loved, but like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, You could definitely hire me for a project though. Um, I love building like funnels. I'm currently doing a funnel project for a client, which is amazing. I'm like halfway through writing 30 emails for each of the funnels. There is like upsells and downsells in this baby. And I'm like so excited to see it go live. Anyway, um, I get too excited about that type of stuff, but I can pretty much do anything. Um, I mainly focus on like strategy or strategy and implementation or like brand voice or like funnels, as I mentioned, or email automations and 
whatevs, anything like that we can do as a one-off project. Um, and then we can always talk about like ongoing work if we love each other and we want to continue on. Uh, my website is sociallygraceful.com.au and you can obviously find me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Although like we all know we live on Instagram and TikTok these days. Pretty um, much. But yeah, and just search socially graceful and I'll pop up. If you find all the pink, you found the right person. Yeah, <laughs> true. I do love your feed. I do like going on and having a look at it every now and then. So yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And I will be sure to pop all of your links in the show notes. So if people can't be bothered to find you, they can scroll down, click the button and go straight to you. And Amazing. Make it easy for them. So thank you again, Carly, so much for joining me today on the Building Mumpire podcast. It is so interesting to get a bit of an insight into your take on being a mum and building your own business. I know that everybody is different and this journey looks different for everyone. So I hope that everybody has enjoyed listening to you today. And we shall, I was going to say see everybody in the next episode, but then I realized this isn't a TV show. It's everybody can hear me next week on whatever I'm trying to talk about. (laughs) Thanks, Carly. And that brings us to the end of another epic, amazing Building a Mumpire podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening and be sure to subscribe because I would hate for you to miss out on any of the new upcoming episodes. You can find us on all of the usual podcast listening channels. So make sure you subscribe and I would love for you to also leave a review because I would love to hear what you think of this fucking epic podcast, if I do say so myself. So thank you once again for joining and listening in to the Building a Mumpire podcast. Have an epic day and I'll talk to you all soon.